Well, as I was uh, re- thinking about the chance that I was going to miss homecoming, I know homecoming is kind of a big thing, and I've done some. I thought we'd talk a little bit about the heritage tonight. So um, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Put it a plate in the freezer. That'd be great, I tell you. Uh, would, would y'all join me and stand as we, uh, those that can, um, as we read God's word. Hebrews 12, beginning verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked for, out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not, out, not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes every, any, everyone he accepts as a son. Endure the hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons, for that what son is not disciplined by his father... If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. For how much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. So when we look at Hebrews chapter 12, you can't really look at it without kind of glancing back at what went on in chapter 11. In chapter 11, it talks of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Esau, and these are all people that that showed great faith and, and went on before us. Joseph, Moses, he even mentions Rahab, the, the prostitute that, you know, saved the spies. And, and, and so they hid, she hid the spies and, hid, and, their, and saved their lives. Mentions Gideon, it mentions Samson, um, David, Samuel, all those great leaders that helped take over, um, over the kingdom in God's name. He was, these were people that were strong contributors to our faith. And when you read the Old Testament, you read these people and they're, you know, Abraham, the father of, you know, Father Abraham, the, the one that just really got all of it started. And you look at all the, the legacy of people coming be, be down before. And that's the great cloud of witnesses that he's talking about here at the beginning of chapter 12. That's a great cloud of witnesses. Now, I want you to think about Forest Heights Baptist Church. Think of the great cloud of witnesses that have been here. Have you thought about that? I can't name them. You all can. Many of you have somebody in mind 
that was, uh, that was a great witness to you, that, that you learned a lot from, someone that was an example of the faith. You had a pastor for 25 years. My guess is he showed you a lot of wisdom and a lot of things, a lot of examples of faith in the last 25 years. You think about that. You look at, at um, your wonderful heritage here, and what have you seen over the years? You've seen a lot of people, many of them have gone on to be with the Lord, but were ones that were very big examples for you. I think of people in my life that are my heritage of faith. I think of my parents, both of them were strong Christians, kept the Bible by their bedside, read it every night before bed. That was their thing. They kneeled by their bed and read, and I mean, just that was the way they were. Um, took me to church every time, every time the doors were open, we were at church, you know, like it or not, Wes, you know, you, you went, and that was, that was the heritage of faith I had, and I look at my grandparents, my, my mom's parents, they, I mentioned before, how my grandfather, I really felt like he just walked on with the Lord, he, well, my grandmother the same way, I know they prayed me into the ministry, I mean, we got some grandparents in this room, I'm here to tell you, grandparents' prayers are heard quick. I direct lie with God. I, I just believe that. I, I really do. I look at how my grandparents prayed me into this. I mean, I didn't have any idea this was what I was going to do for a living. I thought of all kinds of other things I'd do. But I had two grandparents that really wanted to minister in the, background, in, the in the family. You know, they really did. And there was nobody more excited when I went into the ministry than that group. They, I mean, they just really did. Um, by... <laughs> When I was a little kid, my grandma had put my picture up on the Jesus picture in the house. Now, you know, I don't know if y'all had that, if your grandparents had the Jesus picture, you know, framed, hung on the wall, picture of what some artist predicted what they thought Jesus looked like. Well, in that frame thing, she had stuck my school picture in that. That made me crazy going, I don't need to be in on Jesus' picture. I don't know, you know. But that's where she was thinking. She goes, Wes is going to be a fuse. We're going to pray him into I mean, I think that was kind of what happened. And here I stand today. So, you know, these people are great people. They really sent me on my journey of faith. Uh, I'll never forget. Every Sunday morning, my grandfather, would, we'd all sit down to pray. I mean, before breakfast, before anything, we all gathered. And we would, he would read some scripture. And then we'd, he'd kneel down by his chair. My grandmom would kneel by her chair, so, which means we all knelt down by our chairs. And, and they started praying silently, and you were supposed to pray to them. So I'm praying for everything I can think of. And looking around, they're all still praying. I'm going, I'll pray it all over again. And did it over. You know, I'm a kid. I'm looking at and I couldn't think of enough stuff to pray as long as they prayed. I mean, they kept on praying and kept on praying. They were praying people. They were a legacy of my faith. And I am I'm not kidding, I stand for you because of people like that. And my guess is I could go around the room and you all have people like that were in your lives that prayed for you and watched out for you and thought about you and have helped you on this journey. This journey of life that we have as we try to, to keep the faith moving. And our own heritage is our beginning. We don't just sit back and say, well, we have a great heritage, we're done. So many think, people think they're Christians because they're Americans. We laugh, but that's true. There's a lot of people that think, just, well, I'm an American, so I'm a Christian. 
or my parents were Christians, so I'm a Christian. I, you know, I go to church, so I'm a Christian. No, that's not how it works. And yet there are so many people that do that. They think that they're Christians just because this is the way it is. Because of our great heritage, it's time to get ready to start a race. What is he talking about in here? The race. Got to keep moving. Uh, with this past summer, we got to watch the Olympics. Anybody else watch it? I made Janet nuts because she doesn't like to watch all that stuff. And, and I, I'm, I watched all that. And, and what do they do? They, they got ready. I wanted to watch it beginning to end. I wanted to watch all the stuff. I wanted to see what they were going to do. I wanted to root for my team. Um, but they had to prepare for their races, didn't they? Every one of them. Now, we had the Summer Olympics. And the, you know, I watched a lot of the swimming events. And uh, they, even the boys wore, wear what? The swim caps. Why? To keep it aerodynamic or water dynamic or however you want to call it. You can slide through the water quicker. And, they, and now they've got these longer suits. Now they used to wear the little teeny speedo things back in the day. And, and I think the divers still do. But they, they, they wore those. Why? So they would be dynamic. You know, the, the water would come off them. My, my submarine person could probably tell me what the real thermodynamics or whatever it is for that. But they get prepared, and we have to be prepared if we're going to run a race. And we have to dress like it, we need to check like it, we need to look like it, we need to work. And as we Christians try to reach out and try to move on, we need to be prepared for the race. And guess what, folks? It's not a sprint. Oh, that it was. But it's a marathon, isn't it? It's something we have to keep doing all our lives. We, um, we need to think of things we need to sometimes streamline some stuff don't we we need to kind of take some things out of the way you know stuff like sin those things that trip us up those things that make us stumble we get caught up in logistics so much don't we if you ever watch i'll be honest most churches get caught up in logistics don't we if we could just put away all that stuff and just go about the business, boy, wouldn't it all be a lot simpler and a lot easier? But we've got to make sure that these people are here and we've got to make sure this has happened. We, we get bogged down in the somatics of things and, and, and sometimes, I've been known to hear this, that people depend on going things depending on who's going to be there. Now this was especially true in youth ministry. Any of my friends going to be at that event? Well, then I'll come. Well, if they're not, I don't know if I can come if they're not there. How can I come if this person's not there? You, you know what I'm saying. We all have these ideas of who's going to be there, am I going to be there, and we get caught up in those things. Who um, am, am I going to um, know people? Are there going to be people that I don't know? Are we prepared for it? And we and we got to understand that this marathon race is growing and increasing in our faith. We're not competing against each other. We sometimes like to compete against each other, don't we? I'll just admit it, preachers are the worst about it. Right? We really are. We look at down the street and see what that pastor's doing, if they're doing something really cool, and they're really growing, and they're really doing it. How can I get my church to do that too? I've had, as many of you know, I was a staff member long before I was a pastor. And so I, I'm under the pastors and have to do as they say and all that. And I've, I've been under some pastors that whatever knew was on the block, they were going for it. 
when Willow Creek was going, you know, with their seeker services, boy, that's what that, we have to do a seeker service. We have got to have this and that and other. And then when that kind of went, they went, well, we got to go do this now. And they would change by what? Whatever the wind was blowing. I've seen those that got all involved in promise keepers and that, which, and I'm not saying any of these are bad things. I'm just saying we've got to be careful. Are we following other people's examples or are we actually doing what God's leading us to do? I had people um, in my former church that wanted me to do a WANA program. WANA program is an excellent program. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it's a great program. They do a lot of things. It takes a boatload of volunteers. I mean, you've got to have volunteers. But we had three other churches in that small town that did a WANA. I'm going, do they need a fourth church in town doing a WANA? I don't know. Now, the town is not anywhere near the size of Athens. Athens, yeah, they could probably handle four people, four churches doing Awana. But in Forest Heights, do we need four people, four churches doing? Probably not. So we had to find what? What is our church? What can we do? How can we minister? How can we reach the people? We've got to do it. We're not competing against each other. We're all going towards the gospel of Christ and helping people to grow in their ministry. Because every one of you has a ministry. Y'all got that? I think I've said that this morning. I've said it probably every week. We all have our own thing we've got to be doing. And whatever yours is, we need to jump in there at it. Now, we need to think about, as I was mentioning in the Olympics, remember the stadiums? Now think about a stadium of all the saints that have gone on cheering for you. Think about it. Now I don't know what heaven's like. I have no clue other than what I've read in scripture. But one of the things that this implement, um, when, they, when they talk about this, they talk about the, this great crowd of witnesses cheering us on. In fact, that's what the message says. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Right? That's where we're headed. We're not headed towards anything. We're headed to Jesus. It's a marathon. It's our, what we do our whole life. We keep working on it. We're trying to get the finish line. We can please and glorify the almighty God that is watching us. It's like in the grandstands looking at, looking at us and cheering us on. Now that should get us all excited. To think that God almighty is wanting us. The creator of the universe. The one that loves you so much is up there saying, you need to get this. I want to see you succeed and do well. Think about that. You should be excited. Wow, man, I am somebody. He's, he's checking me out. He's making sure I'm doing right. It's a tremendous thought. It's a scary thought. <laughs> Let's face it, it's a little scary. And it's an overwhelming thought. Sometimes y'all ever been kind of... Um, if I got up to tee off at the golf course, which I am a terrible golfer, I'll just tell you right now, I've not spent enough time. If I break 100, it's been an amazing day. I mean, that was a great day on the golf course. And if I got up, though, to tee off the golf course and up walked Jack Nicholas or um, Phil Mickelson 
or whoever your favorite golfer might be, it would put a little extra pressure on me, I think, to try to hit the ball. Frankly, if anybody walks up and watches me tee off, I'm, that's more pressure. But if somebody that's a great professional is watching me, it causes me to be a little scared and I wonder what's going to happen. Well, that's how it happens to us sometimes. We feel like we're, we're covered with pressure. It's a little more daunting, the task we're doing. If we think, God's watching us, uh, am I going to mess up? <laughs> yeah, probably. But we're to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's where we go. Remember, Peter walked on water. As long as he was, kept his eyes focused on Jesus, Peter was walking on water. <laughs> when he took his eyes and started looking at all the junk going on around him, swimming. That's, we've got to, we have got to be getting prepared and to have perseverance. There is no giving up. He, we can easily become discouraged. <laughs> Are we going to quit? If I quit every time I got discouraged, not be much going on with it. And my guess is, as I look around the room, everybody in this room, if you'd quit every time you got discouraged, you'd got absolutely nothing accomplished because we're going to get discouraged. We do. We just get discouraged. It doesn't take much. So how do we train? As we're trying to train for this event, we've got to study and see how Christ finished and how he, what he did to avoid sin. See, we keep reading, well, but he was sinless, he was perfect, he was God's son, so we can't, but he's the example. He's who we follow. He's who we're supposed to emulate. If you, do, if you know your Old Testament, I mean, your, um, your, your history, your Christian history, Christians were little Christs. That's what they, they kind of, it was kind of a, a pick, pick on them term, you know. Oh, look at the little Christ. Just running around looking like Christ, yeah. You know, little, you know, it was kind of that kind of a make fun of them almost thing. But that's it. We're supposed to be what? Emulating Christ. We're supposed to be following him, doing what he would have us do. And that's what it is. And, and how did he keep going? You remember he had some naysayers? He had a whole lot of them, didn't he? He had people that kept trying to put him down and, and trying for his beliefs and for trying, you know, they try, they, they try to push him. All those folks did that. They, tried, they mocked him. They tried him. They dis, discredited him. And what did he do? He kept in constant communication with the Father. Read your scripture. Every time Jesus had something big coming up or something big had happened, what did he do? Go off and get himself alone with God. Spend time in prayer. The night before he was crucified, what did he do? In the Garden of Gethsemane. Just praying till sweat drops of blood came out. I mean, that's serious prayer. And he kept saying, Lord, God, Father, I, I'm struggling here. This is tough. I know what's coming and I don't like what I see. Can you, can you fathom seeing yourself being crucified in the back of your mind going, yeah, I think I'll go through with that. If I knew that was coming... I'm not so sure. Think about, he knew what was coming, but yet he knew, and he kept himself in prayer and constant communication with God. He trusted God the Father. He put all he was in his Father's hands. 
He surrounded himself with people that believed in God. He discipled them. He spent time with them. He reached out and served and helped others. He did all those things. They messed up. They didn't follow him all the time. They would go off doing their own thing sometimes. But he continued to work with them. And he had given them the example. So then when what? When he was gone, they stepped up, didn't they? Well, folks, it's time for us to step up. We have to step up. Strong discipline is important. Now, we read about some discipline as far as being corrected. But we also know that there was some discipline in working on training and getting ready for the race, right? If I'm going to run a mile, I can't just say, I'm going to run a mile right now. Folks, I wouldn't make it to the parking lot. I'd have to run to the parking lot and back. Then I'd have to run a little bit farther than back, right? I'd have to work myself up. I'd have to get the discipline of running and doing that. I haven't run in so long, I couldn't probably run to the back of the church. I, you know, I, I, I'm, that's the way it is. We have to have that discipline to do that and keep going and have the re- regimen, regimen to go on. It's easy to get weary in doing good. I don't care what job you're doing, it's easy to get tired. We filled boxes yesterday. We're getting tired by the end of the time, filling those boxes. It was not even hard work, but it, it's tiring. You're standing there for a couple hours trying to fill these boxes. Do I put this in the box or do I put this in the box? Do we have to make decisions? I don't like to make decisions. It's easy to give up and say you're tired. If I was going to run a mile, I would give up pretty quickly and say I'm tired. It's easy to decide you're not good enough. Folks, we are our biggest enemies. We put ourselves down and decide we're not good enough to do whatever we're supposed to do. We do it all the time. I've done it. Lord, how can you use me? I'm not good enough. I, don't, I can't handle this. The rate, it's easy to feel like you are all by yourself. That's why we gather. Look around. It's a small number tonight. But we're not by ourselves. You're not by yourself. It feels like it sometimes. It really feels like you're by yourself sometimes. The race of faith and trust in God, growing in relationships is not easy. It is grueling at times and difficult and tiring and thankless sometimes. But the reward is great. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Would that be nice to hear from God? Man, I, I can't fathom. I'll be honest. I, I would love to hear it. I hope I hear it. But sometimes I wonder. Knowing those great saints are cheering us on so that we can finish strong, we want to, keep, we want to finish well. Um, it is sad when I see pastors, influencers in the Christian faith that, that fall near the end of their ministries. They don't finish well. And it happens way too often. And why? They're weary. They're tired. They give up. They think they're alone. They think they're not good enough. We want to finish well. We want to make it through this marathon and give our best to Christ. We've got to be prepared and disciplined. And most of all, keep our eyes on Jesus. 
because we don't make it without him. Y'all got that? If you haven't learned anything else tonight, we don't do this race. We don't do this life, this journey of life. We don't handle this Christian without Christ, without Jesus right there. When he's not right there, we're going to fall, we're going to sink, we're going to be swimming. And sometimes not swimming very well. Christ is our example. He has shown us the way. What do we do? Do we give up? Or do we keep praying? And folks, we gather together to cheer one another on. Our God, the creator of the universe, is watching and wanting to see us succeed. That should be our motivation. That should be who we follow. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now and we just ask for your presence. And Lord, we get discouraged so many times. We feel like we're not there, and we're not good enough, or we're by ourselves or whatever. But Lord, we know you are here. Help us understand that. Help us feel that presence. Open our hearts and lives to you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and all you do. We love you. We praise you. And Lord, we just thank you for giving us a race and for giving us opportunities to serve and to minister. Show us the way. Help us trust you. And you will get the honor and you will get the glory. Because, Lord, it is about you. In Jesus' name, amen.